Good morning, joyous Erev Shabbos, and a Freilche Chanukah, happy Chanukah to all my Harusas out there, all the people listening and learning Torah together with me. I wish you all a joyous and illuminated Chanukah. Here we are, it's the eve of uh, Shabbos, and it brings rise to an interesting question. So, background is... Hanukkah is unique that if somebody is poor and does not have enough funds to purchase a menorah and a candle, the halakha is, the law is to sell one of your existing items, which we don't find by other mitzvahs, but by Hanukkah we do, you actually would sell something in order to purchase a Hanukkah light. Now, what happens when it coincides with Shabbos? Meaning tonight, Friday afternoon, or before night, because you don't want to light after it's already sundown, because it's been at Shabbos. Um, so we light right before Shabbos, both a Hanukkah menorah and the Shabbos candles in the home. So the question is, if you only have enough funds to purchase one candle, should you light with the bracha, the blessing for Hanukkah, or should you light the Shabbos candles, the menorah, or the Shabbos Neros, and the answer is, the Rambam says, Maimonides rules that one lights the Shabbos candles. And he says, why? Because the menorah, the menorah is celebrating the conquest over the Greek imposition, a military victory. Whereas Shabbos, the lights and the candles are for the home. For the families, for shalom biases, for domestic peace, to, to illuminate the home with with warmth, to illuminate the warm the the home with light, and therefore, as we mentioned yesterday, that the whole victory, the whole reason why uh, we're celebrating on the twenty fifth, the day after the war, Chanu they rest on the twenty fifth, is because that's the Jewish definition of victory, to to uh, to be in a space where we could be free to celebrate our values, our families, our marriages, our children, our self-growth, our spiritual journeys. And that is why Shabbos candles uh, take precedence over the Hanukkah candles. Now we're moving into the heart of the book, section B. It's made up of three sections. We're in the second one, Hanukkah capturing the light, Rabbi Bernstein. And the topic of today is the festival Festival of Hanukkah. Hanukkah is called a festival, a Yom Tov, uh, but it's different than other festivals in the sense that one goes about their day uh, normal, normal routes. There's no prohibition on creative activity. So, why, what's the Yom Tov of Hanukkah? Why is it called a Yom Tov? Why is it called a holiday? Uh, one of the unique things is a menorah should specifically be nice. Hidur mitzvah. Hidur mitzvah is beautifying a mitzvah. So, for example, uh, my dear grandmother, Bobby Taub, she bought me a beautiful silver menorah uh, when I got married. And that's one of the elements. It, it, there's actually a rating system of what material uh, is preferred uh, for the menorah. Um, say you don't have such a generous grandma uh, that's buying you, gifting you silver menorahs. Uh, what's next best? How do you do copper, metal, steel, wood? Etc. Uh, but but there's this idea to, to beautify the mitzvah. But not only that, on Hanukkah there's actually mahadrin mina mahadrin, which means to double double beauty, uh, double beautify it. 
extra glamour, so uh, practical manifestation. Uh, everybody in the house should light, even though you could fulfill with just one person lighting. Mahajan dictates to beautify it that increase the lights and have everybody have have children. There was uh, a, a big struggle last night. Bulima, uh, my little one, she wanted to light them in the orange. She's quite young. Um, so it's a struggle. She wanted to light it on her own. But that's the mitzvah. Everybody should light um, in the house. Now, an additional feature to beautify the beauty, double beauty, is to increase the lights with each night, which is why, uh, at least according to the opinion of Base Hilla, which is common practice, we add a light uh, each night, all the way culminating in the eighth night where every menorah is full. Uh, so there's this element of, of extra beauty, hitter mitzvah and Hanukkah, and the question is why? What is uh, unique about Hanukkah that it has this element that not only do we beautify the mitzvah, but we, we go beyond beyond beauty? And perhaps the idea is like this. Hanukkah is the celebration of our relationship with Hashem. Had the Greeks so much wanted to divorce that connection, right on the horn of the ox that you have no connection, Celebrate nature, capital N. There's no spiritual purpose here. There's no higher source to connect to. There's no yearning and ambition. There's no there's no sanctification. There's no holiness. That's the celebration of Hanukkah, the oil, the eight nights. So if it's a relationship, you don't want it to be externalized. You don't want it to be uh, uh, carrot stick rules. What do I have to do? What give me the list of obligations that I must do, and that the others I must do, and then we have a working uh, partnership. That's not a relationship. At best, that's a functioning partnership, a you know business arrangement that the partners don't get along, but we gotta do what we gotta do in order to uh, sustain the business. A, a relationship is when you want to do it. When when you're going beyond, it's not a it's not an obligation, but an opportunity. Which is why in Hebrew the the term for a mitzvah, a mitzvah, a call to action, is not it's not merely an obligation, but it's an opportunity. Tav, tav is a connection. Tavsa, it's a connection, and and it's uh, when it's viewed as that, when it's viewed as connection. If that's the whole element of Hanukkah, if that's what we're celebrating, so so of course it makes perfect sense that on this exact mitzvah is going to be the one where we go mahadran mina mahadran. We go. Be- uh, beauty beyond beauty because we're demonstrating we're demonstrating the love we're demonstrating the the energy uh that we want to invest into connecting and that's the uh the element of yesterday we talked about the externalization of of the text when they were translating the torah and externalizing it trying to put it into a recipe and into a shell into a a formula that is is set in stone um it it, it goes against the grain of the Hanukkah of, of the deeper, uh, beyond any externalization, beyond any words, beyond any uh, replicable recipe. That's the, uh, the Hidur Mitzvah of Hanukkah. And it's interesting because the Shulchan Aruch, the Code of Jewish Law, that was written by the Beis Yosef, back together with the uh, Ramah, back in the 1500s, compiling all the different uh, Jewish discussions and laws and values, from the Talmud based on the Torah and compiling it into a set table, Shulchan Arucha set table. Uh, and he writes there that on Hanukkah there is no there is no mitzvah to have a festive meal. Unlike other holidays 
where there's a specific mitzvah to have a festive meal. A Hanukkah, there isn't. The Ramah adds that while there is no mitzvah uh, to do so, the custom is to sing songs, sing songs of praise, sing halal, sing uh, the joy celebration of thanking Hashem, and thereby you'll turn the meal into a, uh, a festive mitzvah meal, a yom tov meal. So the question is, well, what is it? If there's no obligation, so then why should you go and endeavor to sing and try to turn it, you know, share words of Torah, invite uh, people in need, that you'll be turning it into a mitzvah. There's no mitzvah to have it, so then why endeavor to do it? But perhaps that's the whole concept. The whole concept of Hanukkah is, is that it's going to be a voluntary thing. It's not going to be obligatory. It's going to be an opportunity that, yeah, you don't have to, but if you want, go ahead and do it. Go and, and celebrate and share words of Torah and share... Um, Share with people in need and share and uh, share your praises of Hashem because that is uh, very emblematic of the relationship. Now, in terms of what to serve in the meal, I could go on a give you a preferred list of uh, donut bakeries and fillings, Boston cream, chocolate glaze. I'm not a huge fan of the uh, the jelly, more common sufganiyot. Uh, definitely Boston cream above all. Latkes are commonly used too. Now, the, the, it brings to mind another point here when we talk about externalization and then the extreme focus that's placed on uh, many people's celebration of the Hanukkah has become uh, externalized. And it becomes more about the readings of the donuts and uh, the latke recipes and the quirky music videos and while those are all fun and good it's i think it's important to to recall that the whole point of the, the clash of the jew jewish um call to battle to go against that that greek imposition because that was the the, the jewish resistance to to be sufficient and to be complacent with just this externalized uh food music celebration you know, you, you just go with the flow of the external, and, and the Jewish cult was always for something deeper, craving something beyond latkes, craving something beyond donuts, and to really get to the why of Hanukkah, and not just get stuck at on the what's. Now, it's very easy to get into the what's, because that's something concrete, and it's a lot easier to, um, to find the best uh, research, the best bakery, than to actually get into the zone, to really meditate and internalize on some of these core concepts uh, that Hanukkah is representing. So it's definitely understandable, but a person should try not to get stuck at that surface level and rather go to the panim, go to the to the inner, uh, not the face, but the panim, not the, not the facade, but the authentic soul experience. Now when the Torah introduces Hanukkah, the Gemara in Shabbos, Nafchafalv, my Hanukkah, it tells the story. Greeks enter the sanctuary. They contaminate the oil. The Hashmanoim, the Maccabees, overcome and vanquish them. They search the sanctuary. They find one flask of oil that had the Kohen Gadol's seal. I uh, know he had enough for one day. And a miracle, that's eight days the following year. They established it as festive days, Yamim Tovim, holidays of Halal Vahida'a. Praise and gratitude. Praise and gratitude. So what are these two things, praise and gratitude? So there's two additions that we do on Hanukkah. Um, if you look in the 
in the davening of the day, in the tefillah, in the prayers of the day, uh, there's halal and alanisim. Halal is the joyous songs of of praise, and alanisim are the, the the prayer of gratitude, of thanksgiving for um, the deliverance for all Hashem did for us back in the day of the Hanukkah story, and. That's that's how Rashi explains these two things. Halal vahida. What's what's fascinating is that the uh, rabbi in, in Italy in, in the twelve hundreds, Rabbi Yeshaya, the Re says that the second part he disagrees with Rashi and, and the Rambam as well uh, is seemingly uh, agreeing to this position of the Re, where he groups together uh, the menorah. With Thanksgiving, with the gratitude. So the halal is the singing, the joyous praise. But the second part, Thanksgiving, is not the Allah Nisan like Rashi says it. Of course, we do that even according to the Rambam and the Re. But he says it means the menorah. The menorah itself is a vehicle for Thanksgiving. It's a vehicle for gratitude. The menorah itself is an expression of gratitude. And how is this? Why is this? How's the menorah an expression of gratitude? So if you think about it, all gratitude really, it's not it's not just a pl- empty platitude of oh thank you or I appreciate you so much and you're the best. Gratitude is saying that I recognize that there is something here to be grateful for. There's something real here. I'm indebted. I'm indebted to you for what you have done to me because you've done something so real that that creates a real a real shibut. There's a, there's something real here. It's a real debt, and which is why in Hebrew the term for uh, gratitude is the same as to admit. Hoda'a, hoda, toda is thank you, but it's also that I agree. And it's saying that there's something here that I understand that you've performed for me. That's something I, I need to respond to. It's something, it's not just, oh, you've brought me up your whole life. And, and you know, a person thinks about their parent, for example. And, uh, you know, the Torah says to honor thy father and the mother. It's not just, oh, you know, say thank you and, and write them a card once in a while and, and send them a. Send them gifts. The idea is to really internalize and and understand that what they've done for you, not only that they brought you into life, which is the greatest gift itself, but bringing you up and all that they, they that a parent does for a child. That's something real, and it's something that needs a response. Not not just to make the person feel good and say thank you, but it's something real. And the menorah, the Hanukkah being a, a day of Thanksgiving, is this very core idea. Because Hanukkah is a way of looking at the world. Gratitude is a way of looking at the world. You walk out of your house and you see the world as opportunity, as as a, a empty canvas, as a as a as an actual gift. It's a gift that you can wake up and say, I can go out with the world and, and all the skills and all the, the the faculties that I've been endowed with, that I could see, that I could walk, that I could taste, that I could communicate. <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. And when, when the gratitude becomes not just, oh, a nice uh, journal exercise, but it, it becomes something real and that this is an actual thing that I admit that I've been granted this and that creates a, a shibud, that creates an obligation, that creates something something tangible that I should act on this. Not, not because I need to, because I want to, because this is so real. That's a, that's a way of living. The menorah, the, the Hanukkah, when you're shining that light and you're saying that this is something that I'm grateful for, life itself, the ability to go out and, and unlock my latent potential, that's something real. To build community, to build relationships, that's Hanukkah. 
And perhaps that's why Hanukkah is considered a Yom Tov. That's why Hanukkah is a holiday, even though there's no prohibition against creative activity, even though we go out in, in our regular lives. But that in itself, that you're going out in your regular life, but you're viewing it with this attitude of Hanukkah, this attitude of Hoda, of, of great gratefulness, of mission-driven. That That is itself a holiday, to go out in your regular life. The Chedusha Rim, the original uh, Gera Rabbi in uh, Warsaw, or right near Warsaw in the town of Gork, um, explains that this is why there's a, there's a law in Hanukkah, in the menorah, that ideally it should be within 10 tefachim. The tefach is a measurement, about a hand, a size of a, a hand fist, clenched fist. The, it should be within 10 tefachim of the ground. And the question is why. So other, of course, that it should be readily uh, available to be seen, uh, to publicize uh, the miracles so people should see the light, spread the light. But he says this has a very uh, common feature with another law that when it comes to reshuos of, of property of different uh, districts, etc., public property, private property, anything above 10 tefachim um, can be considered, even if it's in a public domain, it can be considered private if there's a stoop or a tree or something like that that, that goes beyond the 10 tefachim. But below 10 tefachim is, is public. That's 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 commonality. It's common ground. So he says menorah's got to be within the tent tefachim. It's got to be in the public sphere. It's got to be in the public arena in your in your regular life in the common life. It's not only for those uh, reserved moments, those highs of a uh, of a uh, Shabbos, the highs of a uh, Pesach, the highs of a uh, Yom Kippur. But it's in the public. It's in the it's in the common. It's in the the regular day. So Hanukkah is going to be a yontov on a regular day to go out and integrate this this core idea. Of, of gratitude, of the way of looking at the world, looking at the world with a, with a spiritual lens. And he says it as well, that that's why the Gemara says that you put the menorah on the opposite side of the mezuzah. So in Israel still today, they light outside because that's the ideal, uh, should be outside that everybody sees it. We in America do it inside based on historical events and safety. And the, the menorah is opposite the mezuzah. So when you walk into one's house, the mezuzah is on the right. Um, of the door, and on the left is the um, would be the menorah. So he explains that's when you're going into the house. What about when you're leaving the house? When you're leaving the home, the home that we fought the Greeks over, the home that we worked so hard to to create this this beautiful sanctuary, this beautiful um, place of safety, a safe space in, in the all the sense of the world of the word, uh, a space where our values are are built. And where our connections and relationships are 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 beautifully developed. But when you're leaving that home and you're going out into the world, you're going out into a place that doesn't necessarily have those same uh, conditions for growth, the same conditions for ethical morality, the same conditions for for bursting kindness. When you leave that house, the Hanukkah menorah is going to be on your right side. The Hanukkah menorah is going to be accompanying you. That light of the menorah, that way of looking at the world, that it's not only a super uh, threat that I'm leaving my, my home, but it's a super opportunity that I could go out into the world and take that light of the menorah and spread it out to the world, take that message, the, these ideals that are incubating in the home and bring it out into the world, into the public domain. That's the Hanukkah message. And... Um, pretty cool. The, the, the final, I'll conclude with this right before Shabbos. Take this into Shabbos is that uh, the 
the, the, that's the understanding of, of the Gemara when it starts off, my Hanukkah, what is Hanukkah? It's not the what. Because we know the story. The story doesn't even mention the menorah, if you picked that up while I was reading it before. Um, it talks about the oil, but not the menorah. I, the menorah is the central part. No, because it's not, it's not trying to tell you over it's the story. The story is readily accessible. You could Google the story. But if you want the uh, message, the Gemara is trying to teach us the message. The Torah is trying to teach us the message of the story. And finally, when, when we talk about a miracle, we say in the davening, we say in, in, in the Shemona Esrei, in the Amidah, that the miracles, we thank Hashem for all the miracles that are every day within us. So it's not just the miracles of the oil lasting eight days, but every single day, the ability to see, the ability to walk, to communicate, to taste, to, uh, <laughs> you could go on and on. The, 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 all these, when you when you contemplate these miracles, these everyday miracles that aren't as uh, blatant and aren't as revealed as as oil lasting longer than it than it should have those miracles when you can internalize and realize that everything is that miracle and that gratitude really uh builds up that's when it will spur that that course of action and the light of the menorah will carry on into the year to come everybody should have a wonderful shabbos shabbos good shabbos